what's going on everybody? You're listening to Seggy Stations. The man that's a nickname holds out to say with no shame. Tuesday, June 8th, 2021. Hope all is well out there with everybody. Hope everyone's staying safe. Nick Seglin here. You're listening to Seggy Station Podcast. Got my man Rich Hot Takes Letty, NBA Phenom coming through. Got to touch on some of the round two updates in the NBA. Got some other news to get into in the sports world. Julio Jones to the Titans. Going to touch on Logan Paul Mayweather fight, which happened this past weekend. Got an NHL playoff update for you and some other stories to touch on in the world of sports. Happy to be back here this week, probably for the last time. Touch on some of the postseason action topics that I've been seeing in the sports world as I have time to do so today. Day off. Got to get out, play some golf this morning. TPC River Highlands. They'll be hosting the Travelers Championship there in just over three weeks. Looking forward to catching that tournament as it is always a home-grown tournament. PGA Tour has been fire. Wild story with John Rahm on the PGA Tour this week. Certainly we'll touch on that and a few other topics today. Here on the Seggy Station, much love. For all the support shown for the podcast, as always, you can follow along on my Instagram or Twitter page at Seggy Station. Got a live version of the podcast up where you can follow along and check it out as well. On my Twitch stream, it's underscore Seggy underscore G. And still got the podcast up on Spotify where I've been doing seasons by the month. I got 10 episodes starting in December 2020, 13 in January, 15 in February, 15 in March, 11 in April, and 9 in May. Looking to probably combine the summer months as I'm not able to pod as much, but plenty of content there. Myself, a couple of my boys. Appreciate all love and support as always. Spread the word. Right now it's time for Straight Talk. Brought to you by Seggy Straight Talk. Microphone is always direct. Time to reflect. A lot of stuff going on in sports. Sports world stays moving. So do we. Looking forward to touching on some of the topics today. Rich should be here momentarily i will wait for him and we will touch on nba action first got a lot of smoke to get into with that today looking forward to it because you're on a different screen here basically so my laptop screen is a hundred percent just like busted just black black screen nothing will appear yeah i got your snapchat what'd you do step on it Nah, not literally just touch the screen to like pull it forward and adjust it. And it made like a black mark where I touched it. I was like, what the fuck? And like went to move it again. And the whole screen went black, like didn't drop it or anything. I mean, it's straight. I didn't pay for it. My work will, it's not my laptop. It's my work. My work will send me a new one, but like, uh, it's kind of a bitch to work with. And now I have to, so I have it plugged into a second monitor. So the webcam's down here, but in order to look at you, I have to look like up here to where the second monitor is. But it's Damn, all bro. Just know, You're just, having a bad day look- too, huh? Yeah, just know I'm Woo. looking at you, but it's going to look like I'm staring up at the ceiling. Hey, I'm a, I'm good with whatever, bro. I'm just happy you're here. Glad <laughs> I got someone to talk to. Sports have been wild. Uh, just got a couple quick updates for you that I forgot to tell you last pod. A couple fun nuggets on the NBA. And I talked to Raj. Yep. He got a bet in on the NBA, so I had to uh, tell you this as well. Raj did? Uh, yeah, he called me. It was mad funny. It was, we had a good conversation on the phone. Uh, hopefully I'll get him back on the pod soon, but he's been caddying a bunch. Uh, anyways, this year's NBA Finals. It'll be the first one without Andre Iguodala since 2014. It'll be the first one without either LeBron or Steph since 2010. It'll be the first time since 1998 the NBA Finals will be without one of these teams. Lakers, Warriors, Spurs, Heat. You go and look at the teams remaining, Rich. 
Any team wins it in the West, none of those teams have won an NBA championship. Isn't that crazy to actually think about for a second? Like, the yeah. Suns, Clippers, Nuggets, Jazz have never won an NBA championship. The Nets in the East have never won an NBA championship. The last time the Sixers won an NBA championship was 1983. The last time the Bucks the won an NBA championship, 1971. We'll touch on them here in a second. And the Hawks, last time they won an NBA championship was 1958. Good start for them in Game 1. We'll touch on that certainly today as well. Those are the nuggets I had for you. Raj, we talked on the phone the other day. He calls me up. He, I love Raj. He's fucking hilarious, bro. He literally cracks me up. He starts off the conversation by uh, saying, Yo, he's like, yo, bro, I got 100 on the Suns to win the NBA championship. I'm like, bro, that's pretty dope. When did you put that in? Thinking, yo, you put that in in the beginning. That's pretty good. That's a pretty good look. Put it in after the Suns beat the Lakers. I'm like, that's a fucking cop out, bro. You're a puss. Anyways, Raj got the Suns. Devin Booker rolling in. I don't know if you saw this dude's whip. He's got a couple nice whips. This dude rolling into the stadium. I'm like, what is this dude driving, bro? Then he goes and balls out. Suns winning game one over the Nugs. We'll touch on that, obviously, as well. But we got to start here with the Bucks. I'm starting the bell, Rich. Now, obviously, we'll touch on the Nets. I'm going to have two bells because I haven't been talking about hard and I haven't been talking about the Nets and everyone kind of knows how I am feeling about Harden if you follow along here and listen to the podcast. I got something to say about the Nets. I got a couple hot takes for you, pretty much hotter than it is outside, which, by the way, it is hot outside, like drippy outside. So you better be ready for this. The Bucks, man. This is – I I feel like an absolute idiot. I went on my Twitter for the podcast and put Bucks in six on one of those NBA things that you follow because I genuinely thought the Bucks were going to win this series – Honestly, thought they were going to win in six. There's no way in hell they're winning four straight games. Last night was flat out embarrassing. Last night was flat out embarrassing, Rich. Because game one, it was 115-107. Y'all know Harden in his hammy. He went out right away. So basically, Harden has not played in this series. Kevin Durant has been phenomenal this entire playoffs. And they shot the Bucks did from three in game one. Six of 30 as a team. Not great, obviously. And you end up losing the game in a close margin. You think, okay, game two, no Harden still. You know, can't get much worse than that. Well, let, let's just be real here. That got way worse. You're down 49 points in a in an NBA playoff game with Giannis and all these guys that you brought in. I don't understand that. I don't care who the fuck you're playing. That is, I was literally like watching the game thinking to myself, hmm, I wonder what Chuck's going to say at halftime. Yeah, that was Flat-out embarrassing by the Bucks. The entire game. I can't believe that in a must-win situation, you get blown out. What was it, 125-86, to 86, Rich? What was the fight? Yeah, 125-86. You lose by 39 points. 49 at one point. Yep, down 24 at halftime. Absolutely ridiculous. It clearly got much worse. Clearly, I'm a moron for thinking the Bucks can win this series because clearly the Bucks are stuck in getting to the playoffs and just Falling out. I don't know if you're going to blame that on the coach. Giannis and his game style. I saw he's shooting the worst percentage in the playoffs from three from any NBA player. Minimum 20 attempts. Three of 24 right now. So don't act like Giannis is shooting any better even though he showed in the regular season. Some of these guys they brought in that were playing really well in the regular season. Holiday, Middleton's still there. Bobby Portis. Bryn Forbes as I talked about. Not contributing. Divicendo loss. Obviously 
hurts, but I don't think it's make or break in the series. You got P.J. Tucker starting for defense, getting torched. Giannis getting torched, getting dunked on by fucking Blake Griffin. Like, which by the way, bro, we talked about that on the pod as well. All of a sudden, this dude's got hops and bunnies like he's fucking five years younger. The, the, the Nets is really pissing me off, but the Bucks is pissing me off more because I thought there'd be a more competitive series. And what I'm seeing out of them is not competitive at all. They could be swept, and that would be flat-out embarrassing. I think Budenholders, I think he's going to be, uh, Bucks are going to be looking for a new head coach. Them joining the now Magic, Blazers, and Celtics looking for head coaching vacancies because I don't know what the hell's good when it comes to the uh, playoffs with the Bucks. Uh What's good with this? You here? Can you hear me? All right, word. You're up. What do you got on this one? All right. It was pathetic. It, it was really pathetic. Um, it's not. It's the. Uh, I forget who said it. Someone on ESPN or somewhere. It's not. It's not. It's not what you do. It's how you do it, basically. So like, it's not so bad that they're down two zero or o two. I wouldn't even be surprised if someone had told me like the Bucks are going to be down o two in this series. I'd be like, yeah, okay. Nets have the better players. I'd be a little surprised hearing the Nets are down o two or the Bucks are down o two without James Harden playing. But like, honestly, them being down o two isn't even that bad. But the fact that you lose game one without Harden there, kind of bad. But like you said, okay, didn't have time to game plan for it. Whatever. Game two, you're game planning to stop Kyrie and Hart. You're game planning to stop Kyrie and KD. Hopefully you're trying to slow down Blake a little since he went nuts in game two. So, like, game one's not a big deal to me. But game two, for them to not have Harden, know they're not not going to have Harden, and be down by 49 at one point. I saw a tweet saying, all the Bucks need to go, go on is a 45-0 run, and they'll only be down four right now. <laughs> it's just like... That is just so pathetic, man. Like, a lot of people saying, myself included, that this was going to be, like, maybe as good as a championship or better this series. And it's just, it's just, it's, every, it's all of us letting the Bucks fool us, kind of. I think it's Mark, Mike Budenholzer largely to blame, like you said. Giannis, I don't know how much I'm going to blame Giannis. I blame more people out there for, like, it's not me. I don't call, I mean, like, Giannis is a star, 100%. But, like, like I've said, he, he's not that guy that you could give the ball to and go get a bucket. And Drew Holiday is great, but Drew Holiday is also not that guy. to get. He's a great defender, like solid point guard, solid tutor, but not like go get me a bucket. Chris Middleton is their best guy for go get me a bucket, and he has sucked in the first two games. So, like, it's just all around. Like, I don't even think there's anyone you could point at and blame. Like, maybe the biggest two people would be, to me, Middleton and uh, Mike Budenholzer. But, like, I'm not blaming Giannis too much. Giannis is doing what I would expect. The dude can't shoot threes. They force him to shoot threes in the postseason. Like, you need better offensive options around Giannis, I think. like, Or at least Middleton to be who Middleton is most of the year, not just to fall apart when it matters. Yeah, dude, I don't know. The Bucks. that's that's real tough. I mean, you're down 2-0. You got KD going for 32-6, and 66% field goals, and you're up 30 heading into the fourth. Like, geez, bro, it was, it was literally all backups in the fourth, bro. I'm like, can they Ky- get this fucking Kyrie, game off? Kyrie out there just hitting – disrespectful shots oh like, yeah dude they combined for 54 it's ridiculous and let's just get into this for a second rich because i know your boy harden went out i know i talked about harden and him what he's gonna mean to the team on the run and everything like that and obviously now he's not playing he might not play this entire series i'd be surprised if he did obviously now it's looking like they're gonna come out of this series are the nets unless the bucks make a uh great comeback which we saw 
from the Clippers, and we'll touch on that here in a second before they touch on or take on the Jazz tonight in Game One. James Harden, bro. I just need to. I just need to say this right right now, and I, I, I'm upset if he's actually hurt because I would, I'd have to swallow it more if he was on the court and they're out there and they win a championship. Regardless of what I was saying last night in the chat, where I'm like, bro, the NBA had fucking uh, vetoed trades in its history, and you're gonna tell me you think this is a fair trade? Because I thought they were plenty loaded enough before Harden came. Now you see what they're doing in the playoffs, and I think it's honestly ruining NBA. I mean, let's just be real here. Like, they didn't play at all. They played 12 games together. They're about to just walk through this fucking Eastern Conference and probably win a title. Like, that's not a good look. Even if Harden's there or not there, not a good look. If Harden's not there, Rich, if he hit, sits out this series, I get it, he played the first. Probably should have just sat out the first to have been more healthy going forward because you could have took care of the Celtics without Harden, in my opinion. Anyways, he's now hurt. Who knows when he's coming back. If they win a ring, Rich, it'll be Brooklyn's first ever. It'll be, obviously, Harden's first ever. Can you imagine if he, they win a ring, he wins a ring, and he's not even playing? He just He's just on the team, obviously. And I don't know if he's going to make it back this playoff run or not. How healthy he's going to be, what he's going to be, if he's going to be there. They can still win without him, I think. I thought they could have won the championship before they got Harden. And you obviously know how I feel about Harden. When they got him, I'm like, oh, I don't know. But that was strictly because I don't want to see Harden win. You're on mute. But let me just say something. If Harden wins this, if they win a ring and this run that he was on being hurt, missing 21 games, the whole nine games with Houston, and bullshit to get traded, I'll tell you right now, they better give that dude a fucking toe ring. A toe ring, bro. Not a real ring. He don't deserve it. Go ahead. It's tough because, like, obviously, yeah, you don't totally deserve it if you didn't play in the postseason. And, like, it won't be counted the same as other people's rings. Like, people will know he didn't play in the postseason. Like, I'm not going to be like, he played no part. Like, he carried the team during stretches where Kyrie and KD were out. But you're right. It's not it – won't, it won't be like where you could just be like, well, I don't know. Like, Harden has a ring now in response to some arguments. But, like, I, I think that's, like, a side point. I think he's going to play, honestly. I don't know that for sure. I think he's going to play. What's crazy to me, and I don't disagree with anything you said – though, is they traded Spencer Dinwiddie's hurt, hasn't played. They traded Jared Allen and Karis LeVert in the trade for James Harden. What you did, I know you did say that you, I forget exactly what you said, but you, I think you had the Nets as favorites in the East prior to the James Harden I did. But I don't think you or anyone else included, and and no, no discredit to you or anyone else, would have picked the Nets as favorites if you took away Jared Allen and Spencer Dinwiddie and... Karis LeVert off that team and didn't add James Harden because then you're correct. KD, yeah, yeah, and I'm no just shit. I'm just using that to say that's not a knock on you. I'm just using that to say like how impressive this is by the Nets. Like without James Harden, without Jared Allen, Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie, like they yeah, got I Mike get James, it. Bruce Brown. It helps that Blake Griffin is turning like more into like who not not old Blake Griffin, but like hey, at least something close to it. I mean, yeah, dude. He had he had 20 games with the Pistons. Last 20 games with the Pistons, zero dunks. He's had 33 games with the Nets, 25 dunks. We talked about it's overlooked, but like that's just not trying. That's literally he was just checked out. Like, but let's do this. Let's. It's not that he couldn't dunk anymore. He just literally was checked out. So how is that a good? How is that a good look too? When he's on a buyout, just joins the team too. It's it's just kind of messed up. I think how the NBA kind of does this shit, man. For real. I, 
to some extent, I guess. But like to be honest, I can't blame it. Because what were you saying year. in response to the the horn uh, the Hornets thing with CP3 that they the NBA owned the franchise and yeah. that's why they vetoed they the trade? David is that the only David one that's Stern? been vetoed? David Stern was the owner of the Hornets at the time. They didn't have an owner. There was like this huge debacle. I forget what it was, but the NBA owned the team. So everyone says going back that the NBA vetoed the trade. The NBA didn't step in and say you guys can't make this trade. Like the NBA would have had to accept the trade because they were one of the they were acting as the GM of the team and they were basically saying no, we're not going to give you Chris Paul for like a fucking pick and whatever. Like it was a garbage deal. Like it was a garbage deal for the Hornets. Any owner of the Hornets would have rejected that trade. Everyone just got pissed because we all wanted to see Chris Paul on the Lakers. Like the NBA would never veto a trade. And like the other thing is. A lot of people didn't think the Nets won this trade during the time of the trade. Like, I agree, their team is unfair stacked, but a lot of people were saying, like, oh, the Rockets fleeced them, oh, the Cavs won getting Jared Allen. Like, not a lot of people were saying, like, wow, this is an unfair trade. People were saying this is an unfair team, but no one was saying, like, wow, this trade itself isn't fair. I agree that the team itself isn't fair and isn't great for basketball, to be honest with you. I guess we'll but leave like, it at that. I'm fucking pissed. I don't know if the Bucks have any chance to come back in this series, but it's going to start, obviously, in Game 3. We'll see what the fuck happens. I don't want to talk about this series. That is literally the worst one The see. worst one thus far. Let's just be real. The worst one thus far. I know we haven't even had a couple start yet in the, in the second round, but this is, this is the worst one thus far. Let's touch well, I'd on... Argue, I'd argue it might be the worst series of the whole playoffs because it was hyped up and it should be the best series. Yeah, we hyped it up for like, sure right here when we came on it? and it was terrible. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I want to touch on that Clips-Mavs game 7 though. Uh, yep. Obviously, Clips down 0-2, down 3-2. I had some stats on this. I don't know how real they are, but uh, <laughs> how many teams won their series after having a 2-0 series lead? 399 out of 426. Apparently, that's 93.7%. Um, only 27 got back in return. I got to listen to fucking Skip Bayless wishing washing on his takes like a motherfucker. And now, all of a sudden, telling me the Clips are the favorite in the West because they got past the Mavs. Let's just be real here. Luka Doncic is on another level. The only reason they even won were the Clippers was because of Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and the rest of that team, Marcus Morris in a Game 7, I saw he's now the only player besides Steph Curry who did it in, what was it? I think Steph Curry in 2018. Yep, Marcus Morris in 2021. Only two players did seven plus three-pointers in a Game 7. Pretty wild stat, right? Those guys stepped up. Like, yeah. Luka, no help. Luka did his part. He had, what, 46 and 14, contributing with another six or seven rebounds. Pretty much for what, 75, 78 points? Poor Zingis then having to come out and be, oh, I feel like an afterthought, never mind a co-star. Dude, this dude's a fucking bitch, dude. You're not even a star. Here's the thing. I've been hearing shit about the Hardaway being the main piece of the trade. And I'm like, yo, you're about coming out and talking shit about uh, Luca and what he did in that series? Bro, you got to step it up. I did see this. Luca's shooting went wait, down. Wh- wait, 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 wait. Who's talking shit about Luca? No one's talking shit about him. Poor Zingis, bro. Poor oh, Zingis oh, oh, oh. is throwing oh, oh, shade gotcha. at Luca, his gotcha. own fucking teammate, when it's like, bro, step it the fuck up, dude. You're an afterthought because you're not stepping it the fuck up. You're spo- you're the highest played dude on the fucking team right now, Chris Dapps, poor Zingis. And he's having single-digit playoff games, fucking single-digit rebound games. It's embarrassing. When I saw him, 
I saw him get a steal and then pull up for three. I don't know if you were watching the game. I'm sure you were. I saw I'm that. like, dude, is this that. dude fucking serious? And they were deep, literally talking. Deep three. Too. Literally. I'm Mark like, Jackson, this dude. No, Mark Jackson said. That's yeah, that's what happened. Right yeah. There. And, and Jeff Van Gundy's like, yeah, literally. I'm like, I'm literally, I'm like, is this dude for real? That's a good shot being aggressive. This dude sucks. Luca had no help. So, Luca, here's the thing. I saw this Max Kellerman take where it's like, oh, Luca's like James Harden, except he shows up. Well, here's the thing. Luca hasn't done anything. Your whole fucking knock on me is, oh, James Harden's won more games. I would say James Harden more help had more help than Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic showed up it's, for it's show. Also, it's, it's also apples to oranges. Like, James Harden's, like, had a... Obviously, James Harden has won more games because he's, like, eight years older and has played in the NBA, like, eight years longer. Like, I will be very clear. I think it's... Luka is going to be, by a mile, a better player than James Harden in maybe, like even two years two years more into his career. Like, it, it won't even be close very soon. He could be I right now. Say, I think he could I, very well be I would just well say, like, right as now. of right now, James Harden has done everything Luka has done and more. So, like, let's pump the brakes. Luka might be better in this exact moment, maybe. But, like, I, I forget what the conversation was we had on the last pod, but it basically wasn't like Luka hasn't done more than Harden, though he's for sure going to be the better player in the long run. Maybe, Harden but I'd also... had a head start. Yeah, right, let me ask you about these clips because I just want to know how impressive is this comeback? Like Skip Bayless hyping it up. Yeah. Do the Clips have a chance to now take down the Jazz? I mean, I like the Jazz in this series. It starts tonight. Um, Kawhi Leonard combined for seventy three in closeout games. Obviously, I mentioned the stat. Uh, not too many teams come back from being down 0-2. Particularly, all six games were run on the road, and then the Clips take care of Game Seven at home. Do you think the Clips? Finally found something. You think they got a chance here taking on, I think, what is the best team in the West with a couple other strong teams? I mean, I think they're the weakest one left, to be honest. (laughs) I would say the Nuggets are the weakest one. Just like, this is the worst matchup to me for the Clippers. I could see the Clippers beating the Suns. I would pick the Clippers to beat the Nuggets. Jazz, I think I'm going to end up picking the Jazz here too. And it's so tough because... By a lot, the Clippers obviously have the best player in the series, and I don't think they have the second best player in the series. I would call Donovan Mitchell the second best player, but like I think you could make an argument maybe that the Clippers have the second best player in the series too, depending on where you're going to rank Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. But like, if that's how you're playing against the Mavs and just Luca, and like I, I feel like it's going to sound like a knock to Luca, and I don't mean it as one because what he just did is like one of the more incredible like carry jobs we've ever seen. Like yeah. what him and Lillard have done this postseason. Yeah. But like if you're losing like that to Luca and just Luca, and now you're going to go up against one of the best team defenses and the best three point shooting team in the league and one of the deepest teams in the league and one of the teams that's been together the longest and has been in the playoffs together multiple times, like. Good luck. You like the Clippers got to come out being a better team than they were last series, or they'll lose this in five games if they were playing like they did last game. Like the Mavs, Luca is better than anyone on the Jazz, but the Jazz are just so much of a better team than the Mavericks. Like I don't even know who to tell you the second best player. Well, I guess I do. The second best player on the Mavericks is Tim Hardaway Jr. But the fact that Tim Hardaway Jr. is the second best player on the Mavericks is like incredible. He was a throw-in in the trade. He was on the terrible Knicks for years and wasn't even clearly the first best player. He's gotten better, but Luka makes him look pretty good too. Like the Mavs just have a really bad team. This just, I got a little sidetracked, but the Mavs traded Steph Cur- Seth Curry for uh, Richardson 
I keep, always want to say Jason Richardson. What the fuck is his name? Josh, Josh Richardson. Richardson. Yeah. Um, Josh Richardson. And he is now playing like three to five minutes a game a night. And Seth Curry would be a perfect piece to have on this team. And like when the trade happened, not an awful trade, but just like everything that's going on for the Mavericks, like you better put some pieces around Luka because you have like a generational LeBron type talent. You better stop doing what the Cavs did to LeBron in his first year. You better put some pieces around this. Man. Yeah, let me just get in a couple of these stats on Luka. He, he had the most, he's got 300 points through his first career, nine career playoff games, which is one better than Wilt and only 25 behind MJ and Kareem at 325. He has five 40-point playoff games. That's more than Damian Lillard, Melo, Kyrie, Tracy McGrady, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, Tim Duncan, Carl Malone. Doncic has only played 13 playoff games. The list above all of those players, at least 50. I mean, this dude is ridiculous, to be honest. And the fact that he's now out because he got no help is, is kind of a shame. It's kind of a... Not only yeah. a knock on, you know, management and maybe coaching, uh, getting some more out of Porzingis. I don't know. I don't know if he's got any more to give. I think that dude is just fucking trash. Like a unicorn that lost his fucking horn or something. I don't know what's good with this dude. Uh, yeah, I think it, I mean, I think it's all the exact stuff the Knicks were scared of, to be honest. He's a 7'3 dude that had multiple lower body injuries, and his biggest skill sets were that, like, Obviously, he was a good shooter. That's what made him a unicorn. But his biggest skill set on the court, like when I saw him in Knicks games, like when I went to MSG to watch him, he was incredible, dude. He moved so fast. He jumped far. Like he was so athletic. And like he doesn't have that anymore. Like it's not, I don't know that he became a worse player. He's just now like a 7'3 guy that can kind of shoot when before he was like a freak of nature. And he just doesn't have that mobility right now after those injuries. I don't think it's ever coming back. I would be not interested in him at all, no matter what team I was, to be honest. I mean, before game in six and seven, you you got the props on this. This is one of the cool things I think it is uh, about doing this whole potting thing, which is like I'll go back and listen to like even a couple months old ones. I'll be like, oh, shit, Rich said that or Rich said this. You were the one that said the Clips could come back. They did. In the 2021 playoffs, they were 0-3 shooting literally 18.2% minus 22 in the last five minutes of games point differential five or less until game six or seven obviously with that being turned around and so much about that we'll see about that is who's on your team and the talent too so like i feel safe saying that with the clippers when you have Kawhi leonard and i'm like i feel like Kawhi leonard could go win you three games for a team like the bucks it's another story i don't know who on the bucks is going out there winning you three games in a row versus kevin durant and kyrie no matter how bad the rest of the nets roster is like i felt comfortable saying that with the clippers the Bucks. I would love to see them make this a series, but I don't. That same O two uh, discrepancy. I don't see them doing anything with it. Yeah. So, yeah, that'll be def- definitely interesting to follow. Um, we'll see. I think I got the Jazz in this series. I don't know. I'll probably go five, maybe six games. Uh, I think the Jazz are just too good of a team. I think it's all about roster depth, coaching, all that stuff. So I think that's it'd be interesting to see. I'm pumped for these series. Uh, the Sixers obviously don't want to go down 0-2 after going down 0-1, dropping game one at home to the Hawks, who went up big. They were 46-27 up in the first quarter. They ended up only winning by 4, 128-124. But Trey Young had 35-10. and uh, Obviously balling out. Danny Green was getting cooked by him. I saw he had a lob to John Collins pretty much to seal the game under one minute. He's the first... Hawks player to do that. I also got to clean up the fact that in the first round series, 
which I mentioned on the pod but didn't have the stat correct, wanted to clean that up. He went for 25-10 and 10 in first four career playoff games, which gets him on a list with Steph Curry in 2013, Kevin Johnson in 1989, and Oscar Robinson in 1962. Trey Young's been balling, man. Like, Trey Young deserves some respect. I think the Hawks deserve some respect. Nate McMillan deserves some respect. I saw Tibbs got coach of the year, which I thought was a shocker. I mean, everybody, I thought I thought Monty Williams had already named it. Nope, I heard he beat that was, that was, I heard coaches, uh, Tibbs like beat him. Award, yeah. yeah, I heard Tibbs beat him by 11 first place votes. Uh, congrats to Tibbs, a decade apart, two-time now coach of the year. Obviously doing it with your New York Knicks. But the Hawks took care of the Knicks pretty handily. And they took care of the Sixers pretty handily in game one. I know Joel Embiid, torn meniscus, ends up playing 38 minutes, has 39 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists, but not enough. Their net rating, the Sixers, are plus 12 with Embiid, 0 without him. I mean, I thought that was as much as you can give with a torn meniscus. You can't win a game up against the Atlanta Hawks with that type of performance from Joel Embiid. I don't know much more you're going to get from this man. Like, that's a pretty darn good performance. I think you need more from Ben Simmons. Obviously, some of these role players, Tobias Harris and Danny Green, need to play a lot better. But I got the Hawks in this series, bro. You already know. I got the Hawks. They go up 2-0. Forget it, bro. Everyone's saying, oh, well, it was a shocker. They shouldn't have won. It's easy to win game one. Nah, the Hawks are legit, bro. I think they'll win a couple games. They'll definitely win this series, I think, on my take. But... I think they're going to win a couple games regardless, even if the Sixers come out. We'll see what Joel Embiid is. I mean, if he's not on the court, I think it's trouble for sure. Clint Capella, mad, overlooked, and underrated in my opinion. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. You going to eat your well, words on this one a little bit, though? Because Trey Young was balling, bro. They, didn't, they might have to switch it up, obviously, get Danny Green off him because you said that in the chat. I'm like, I, what is I going on? This dude's getting cooked. Doing. I don't know how you do that. Like, it's... I literally said it on here. The reason I picked the Sixers to beat the Hawks and pretty confidently was because you have two of the best defenders to throw at Trey Young. And I feel like if you stop Trey Young, not that no one on the team could do anything, but like Bogdanovich and Kevin Herter, as good as they played, probably aren't beating the 76ers. Trey Young's going to have to beat the 76ers. And what does Doc Rivers do? He throws not Matisse Thibel or Ben Simmons on him. He puts Danny Green. Literally the first three plays, Trey Young just blew by him. It wasn't even close. Any Anyone watching the game, just sitting down watching all three plays, 100% went like, oh, well, Danny Green's not going to work on him. And Doc Rivers did it for the entire first half. The entire first half didn't take him off. Him. Just torched Danny Green <laughs> in the first quarter. It literally made no sense. You have Ben Simmons and Matisse Thibault, who are probably – Ben Simmons is going to be a top two defensive player of the year candidate. And Matisse Thibel might make second team all defense. And you put Danny Green on him. Like, that doesn't even make sense. That Danny Green used to be a decent defender. Danny Green's not quick like that. Trey Young's one of the quickest dudes in the league. Danny Green's long, but length doesn't do anything for you if the dude's already blown by you by three feet. Like, honestly, Ben, you might get by Ben Simmons, too. Like, Matisse Thibel's probably the answer to put on Trey Young. But, like... At least put Ben Simmons on him over Danny Green. My God. Like, I couldn't believe that. Like, I was just watching the game. Like, okay, so Doc Rivers got to Doc Rivers right now. Not even going to let him, not even going to get a 3-1 lead before blowing it this time, huh? I mean, is this Doc Rivers quote? Not only Doc Rivers, though, this one on Ben Simmons. I'm sure you saw this. You guys keep this Ben Simmons narrative going, which is freaking insane. Ben is not a 40-point guy. I just don't understand why this is not sinking in in this city. If I'm Ben, 
I'd get tired of it. Celebrate him and all the things he does. Well, which I think you can do if the man can shoot some fucking free throws. If the dude can at least contribute getting to the rim and consistently getting to the rim in playoff games, which he hasn't seen to be able to do. I'm not knocking the fact he can't shoot. He can't really shoot. But it does affect him at the free throw line, and it's affecting the Sixers' offense, the fact that he's not contributing many points, being the number two guy or whatever you want to call him. I think the Sixers are in trouble, bro. Like, if for me it was the Sixers were only going to be able to make it and get through if Joel Embiid was healthy because I thought he was unbelievable. Like, Joel Embiid is on a different level this year. And the fact that he's... pretty good. Yeah, but, like, the fact that he's a little nicked up, he can go down any time, bro. And if that happens, not only going forward, but in this series, I think that's going to hurt. I mean, I like the Hawks regardless. They beat him with him on the court, scoring 39 and 9 and 4. I mean... I don't know what else. I don't know what else you you want from the Joel Embiid. If you can't win that game, you're the Sixers. Ah, you should be concerned. Doc, ah, Doc Rivers. I just don't get it. I truly don't get it. It's just the most obvious thing in the world. Like I think if anyone with the most basic and obviously Doc Rivers knows a million times more basketball than me, but like I think it's really overthinking the situation. Anyone with the most basic basketball knowledge of like who the Sixers and who the Hawks are would go like. Well, going to be really tough for the Hawks to win this series if Trey Young starts off cold and doesn't get confident. And on the flip side, going to be really easy for the Hawks to win if you let Trey Young get hot and confident right away because then it's really easy for everyone else to get going. And look, just stop him right away. Why would you like, oh, we'll start Danny Green and see how it goes. Like, no, put Ben Simmons on him. Then when Matisse Thibel comes in, put Matisse Thibel on him. It's not that hard. And like, also, Doc Rivers ran a 12-man rotation and just got blown out when the starters weren't in. Like, I don't know. Doc Rivers better only play like nine to ten guys tonight, and he better not play anyone on Trey Young who's not Ben Simmons or Matisse Leibel. Yeah, I'm pumped pumped for this game tonight. You'll have that, and you'll have game one of, like we mentioned, Flips Jazz. I think that's the late game. Any comment on Suns Nugs? Game one of the late game last night. I was up watching that. Uh, I've been really enjoying just watching the NBA, man, to be honest. Like, I end up having a take a nap sometimes but it's got my sleep schedule and basically every schedule all messed up but there's only so many games left and i'm trying to enjoy them they're they've been fire games game started out it was tied at first quarter suns really got hot in the second half i thought chris paul i think is an x-factor man if he can just be on the court 26 6 and 11 yeah the suns team with five or six players i believe with 20 plus points in this game jay crowder i mean you got deandre ayton balling out I think the Suns are making a case for where they're at, being taken out the Lakers, being up there as a contender in the West. Uh, I think they'll finish off this series pretty handily, uh, maybe in five. Um, Jokic balling out, I just don't think they got enough. Facundo Capazzo, he makes some unreal passes, and he's a baller, but not going to be enough. I think Jamal Murray being out is, is too much for me to take the Nuggets in this series. What do you got? Yeah, I fell asleep pretty early on in this game, unfortunately. Wanted to stay up for it, but fell asleep. It's it's going to be tougher than the Nuggets for the exact reason you said. I watched, I watched like, the YouTube does a good, like, basically every single basket highlight, like, breakdown of the game. So I watched that, and my, my main thing was it's going to be the, only, the Nuggets' only path to winning is if Aiden, uh, Jokic just bodies Aiden, gets him in foul trouble, and is just getting the better of him because then the Suns have no one to put in. Aiden looked really good. Aiden's looked really good in the first two series. So if that's the case, if Aiden's 
defending Jokic even decently. And I actually saw a few quotes saying uh, from Jokic prior to the game saying that Aiton is who he feels is one of the best guys in the league defending him, one of the toughest guys to go against. Yeah. I, I thought that was interesting that he said that. So I think it's going to be tough for the Nuggets because that was the only path I saw to them winning. It's going to be harder for Michael Porter Jr. to get going. Andy tweaked his back. Better defense here. Going to be harder for everyone to get going. Monty Morris, Austin Rivers, Compazzo, because it's a better defense. Uh, Will Barton's supposed to come back this series, but I don't, I don't know if that's going to put – not I don't know. That won't push him over the hump, even though it'll be nice to have him back. Um, I think the Suns are going to get this one. I mean, it's only one game, and by all means, the the Nuggets could come out game next game and look dominant and kind of change some minds. But really, what's deciding it for me is Aiton looked really good defending Jokic, and I'm sh- I'm sure I don't think it's going to be a sweep. Like Jokic will have one or two games where he gets the best of Aiton, but like as good as Aiton looked game one, it seems like I don't think they're going to lose this series. I think he'll put together more decent games than bad, and that no one else on the Nuggets will be able to pick up the slack when he's playing decently against Jokic. Yeah, this could be a quick series for sure, Definitely, especially when you got D-Book rolling up in fucking old-school metallic gold rim yeah. fucking Cadillac. Like, I'll, I'll still say, I'll still say six games. I'll say the Nuggets get like two games, but might, maybe only one. That's disrespecting the Suns. I think they're legit. Uh, might you be know, a little you disrespect the Nuggets and Jokic as well. Yeah, we'll is. see. If they get swept and Jokic wins the... Uh, if they get swept and Jokic wins the uh, MVP, 50-50, we, we just split it. No problem. <laughs> he goes, stop it. I don't even care about it. our bet. Just like, he goes, stop if, it. I don't even care about our bet. Who cares if Jokic gets swept in the second round by a better team without Jamal Murray? Him beating the Blazers in six games, impressive. Him having them play that well down the stretch, impressive. If Jamal Murray was there right now, I, they would be my pick to get to the finals. Yeah, I agree. I think Jamal. I think Jamal Murray is a key reason why they're not going to make a playoff run. They were able to get through the Blazers in the first round, but I think their playoff run ends here. I'm glad you brought up the Blazers, though. It's like you were reading my mind. I had a couple other NBA sure. topics to get into before we switched out of here. I wanted to ask you about Julio Jones, then I'll let you go. Uh, yep. So I saw a report that Jason Kidd has withdrawn his name from consideration for the Portland Trailblazers head coaching job. Uh, was Dame's top choice, as you heard from a report. Also cited in this statement was the fact that Dame made a public endorsement about him wanting him as head coach. Dame, now there are reports out there of him saying that he will not make any demands regarding the team's next head coach. A person also close to Dame told CNBC.com that he's expected to, quote, wait and see what the Blazers do this offseason before deciding his future with the team. Rich, I ask you, is Jason Kidd withdrawing his name from the Blazers head coaching vacancy a concern for Lillard and his, quote, future with the team? Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see what goes on. I know you said he's got a big contract left. But I think this whole thing with Lillard and him being home-rooted to the Blazers and all this stuff is going to be short in smoke, especially if the Nets win a championship, bro. Like, I was listening to a take today, and I fucking hate Colin Coward sometimes, but he was saying it, and he's right on this, though, dude. Like, they're literally, if they win the championship, I do think they just, they flat out just changed everybody the way we think we can win in the NBA. Like, damn, you just bring together a team, bro. Who cares what they do? Get them together in the playoffs, and hopefully they'll, they'll get it done. Um, I think Lillard's going to be that type of guy who could be joining up 
potentially with maybe LeBron with the Lakers. I mean, if he heads to the Knicks, I think it would be a good spot if you can keep Julius Randle, maybe bring in another guy. I mean, there's spots that I think he can go and make a new name for himself elsewhere other than Portland. Um, do you see him, you know, or do you see the Blazers getting a coach that wants to keep him around? Or do you see things kind of swirling out of control a little bit in so, Portland? The, the thing for me is this. It's really fun to talk about for us, for anyone in the media, so that's why it gets talked about. But, like, put yourself in the shoes of the tr- Portland Trailblazers right now. You have Damian Lillard for, I, I'll look after I'm done talking, but it's either three or four more years after this, one of the two. What are you trading? How many first-round picks? What guy in the league is worth four years of Damian Lillard? Not many. And then is that team willing to trade that guy? It's They're just, even for the Knicks, like I would love well, Rich, to Rich, let Knicks. me just ask you this because you said this the other day, and I think it's a good point, but my point would be we've been seeing this in sports very recently, if not over, what, the past decade where, you know, star players – it gets to a point where they can literally just say, hey, man, I'm not playing here no more. So and it gets to right. a point right. where they got no other choice. <laughs> you're right about that. So my argument to that would be I don't think Damian Lillard will go that far. I know he's not going full hard in. I don't even think he's going to go full Anthony Davis because of how loyal he's been. I think if he wanted to trade, it would be on the back end. And he would – I don't think we'd – we might hear about it, but it wouldn't be super public. It would be like, look, like, appreciate all you've done. You really need to trade me. Please do it. And I think they would try and do that for him. But I think what's more likely to happen is they have every – if they're going to trade him, it would still require a good deal. They're not going to be like, okay, Dame, where do you want to go? Okay, we'll trade you to the Lakers for whatever they can give us. Like, no, it's going to require a pretty good deal. So I think what's more likely to hire is they then maybe be like – say he goes to them and be like, look, I'm not happy. Something needs to happen. I bet they go like, this is what we're going to do. Tell us we're going to keep you involved in the head coach hunt. Jason Kidd doesn't want to be here. Whatever. We're going to keep you involved in the head coach hunt. I don't think he'd say he wants to trade CJ McCollum because they're boys, but that's where it gets interesting. If they're like, we're going to shake some things up. But like, honestly, I just, I don't see any trade where if you're the Portland trailblazers, you're like, that's a good trade for us. Like take the Knicks, for example, just real quick. If let's put together the best possible trade the Knicks could give Julius Randall, Emmanuel quickly. I wouldn't even like this as a Knicks fan, but for, Hell, throwing R.J. Barrett, too, and now throwing three first-round picks. Are they taking that for Damian Lillard? Do you really just want the Knicks core for Damian Lillard and a couple firsts? Like, I don't know if they're taking that. I think it would require someone, like, really good. And by all means, as a Knicks fan, I would love to see, like, quickly Randall three firsts. Like, give us Dame. But I just don't think they would take that. I don't see why they would. I think that would be a really bad trade. So, I heard some rumors surrounding, and it's obviously just rumors just on the airwaves, would you swap if you're the Lakers trying to get Dame, throw Anthony Davis in that deal? Would you go, would you, if you're LeBron, do you think you can, because I heard Stephen A, and this is my next, uh, real quick, last NBA topic for you, pretty much say that he thinks the Lakers championship window is closed. Um, you know, obviously the Lakers go out in the first round. We talked about it. I saw a fucking skip going off on LeBron. Obviously he would, um, I just think it's funny. I, I just need to read this real tweet from, from Skip where he says, LeBron James has one epic fail after another on his resume. 2010, period. 2011, period. 2013, game six, period. 2014, period. 2018, game one, period. 
the Sun series that just concluded, Michael Jordan has zero calamities in his obvious GOAT career. I literally fucking that's, hate this that's, man. That's, that's, that's I literally fucking tweet. hate He's this man. He's literally just trying to get people to react. I like, fucking he hate this man. That. Let he me just even believe that. It, does he? Does he also believe the Clippers are gonna be NBA champions? Because he keeps fucking flip flopping on that like it's nobody's business. I, I heard Stephen A. say yeah. the Lakers championship window is closed. I wanted to ask you on that take real quick. I heard Kyle Kuzma interesting quote. I think this year I made incredible strides of becoming a winning player, making the right play. Being a valuable asset on the defensive end, Kyle Kuzma quote. And got better on defense, but um, I just need so, to ask: uh, Is the Lakers window closed? Is LeBron James the whole? Let's see him try and get one more ring. Where does it elevate him in this conversation? Not even going to be a thing. Or are the Lakers set to be back to compete in the West? I think I think the Lakers still have a chance to win one more ring. I really do. Their window, yeah, their window isn't closed. Just revert. This is such like recency bias stuff and just talking. Let's reverse a few months ago. I had, I mean, you could say I'm wrong for this take. I had Rob Palinka in our predictions as being executive of the, of the year. Why? Because they got Dennis Smith Jr., Montrez Harrell for nothing. Looked like they brought in better pieces this offseason. Unfortunately, Anthony Davis got hurt. Montrez Harrell didn't work out. Dennis Smith Jr. played, or yikes, Dennis Schroeder played bad in uh, the playoffs games when it mattered. But like, they didn't have bad pieces there. If Anthony Davis is healthy, there's a good chance they beat the Suns. And they I promise you, if they beat the Suns, they were beating the Nuggets the next round. So like that's just that's such hindsight. Like to me, if you get Kyle Lowry, Mike Conley, probably not happening, but Chris Paul, any decent point guard somehow this offseason that can shoot. I think if you re-sign Dennis, why do I keep saying Dennis Smith Jr.? If you re-sign Dennis Schroeder, you're probably in trouble. I don't know if he's really the move. I think you want a better shooter alongside LeBron and someone who maybe doesn't need the ball in their hands like him, but I don't think their championship window is closed. I will say the Damian Lillard thing is, again, just like Stephen A and people talking just to talk. Like, would the Lakers be better? Sure, probably, because you could trust Damian Lillard to actually be out there and hit some shots. But, like, why in the world would the Blazers trade Damian Lillard for an injured Anthony Davis that clearly is not doing anything without another star? Like, the Blazers would take the Knicks trade I threw out there before taking Anthony Davis. Like, and that sounds like a knock. Like, Anthony Davis is a great player, but think about being like a small market team and being like, well, we got Anthony Davis. No star is going to come and sign here. How the fuck are we going to win now? Like, you're not. You're going to suck. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be what the billboard. That would be what the billboard says. Uh, you know, what is a wild stat that I saw though with LeBron. Uh, this this first round of the playoffs, it was his first career playoff game at the Staples Center, and he had his first career playoff bucket at the Staples Center because he played three years for the Lakers, right? They won a championship October. That was in the bubble. The year before, they missed the playoffs, and then what happened the first year? They 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 he didn't no, play in the playoffs. The first, that was the first year. This was the third year. This was the third. Right. Year. So right, he they missed the playoffs yeah, yep. first year bubble, and then he just had his first ever. Uh, playoff series in the Staples Center. They ended up losing it. Um, it's just wild, man. I think it's just crazy. All the all the rhetoric you can see. Any hey, dudes that talk sports rated, but not like you can just go on social media and see all the rhetoric. And if you stay off of that and just listen to some of the sports talk, even some of the stuff that these dudes say, they have credibility. They get paid plenty, plenty money to be saying stuff just like we're saying. Uh, it is kind of wild to me some of the, some of the stuff these guys say where. It's like, bro, you come out tomorrow, you say something complete. Can you at least try and stay remotely consistent? Like, 
it's just tough now if the Lakers start popping off next year, they make a trade for Damian Lillard or whatever they do this offseason, Stephen A starts talking about the Lakers again. It's like, bro, it's like you were saying, just let it cool out a little bit. Let things kind of dwindle out and we'll see what's going on. Uh, Things kind of dwindled out a little bit with that Julio Jones rumors. I just wanted to ask you about those before you left. Uh, We covered a lot of NBA. Um, I know you were talking to Dukes. I know we got the fantasy draft coming up. NFL season just inching closer and closer to us, which is dope. Um, But we had some huge news with Julio Jones getting traded to the Tennessee Titans for a second and a fourth round pick in 2022 draft. Um, I, I got, I don't even know where to start with this. Um, you got any thoughts on this trade? (laughs) It's, I wish I understood like the NFL trade market as well as the NBA, because I I guess I kind of get it. Julio Jones has been injury riddled, has been, has had a tough time staying on the field. I think he missed like eight games or something like that last year. So like, I get why he doesn't go for a large amount more, but I get some of the players on other teams who wasn't like uh, Mark Ingram. I don't know. Some other guys were like, damn, this is all it took to get Julio Jones. Jalen Ramsey was one of them. Like, oh, second pick for Julio Jones. Like, we couldn't have got in there. Like, that's kind of my thoughts. Like, yeah, first round picks a lot, even a second round picks a lot. But, like, for a team that's right on the edge, and the tight, the Pens are a great team for him because their wide receiver depth is bad after A.J. Brown. Like, I, I was looking at their wide receivers, and I was like, God, I don't even know a lot of these guys. So they lost Jonu Smith. He went to the Pats. He was their tight end last year. So I think it's a huge move for them. I, I understand why some other teams' players on other teams would be like, damn, we couldn't have given up, like, a second and a fifth or something for Julio Jones. Like, I don't – maybe just a little bit more than that to get Julio on our team. But I, I get it. He's been injury-riddled. I get why it's not more. But, like, it seems like kind of a steal for a team that – needed another good wide receiver and now Derek Henry, AJ Brown, Julio Jones, that's a that's a scary offense. Hannah Hill's had a great last two years. That's a that's gonna be scary. I, I think it's I think it's a lot of fantasy scary. I, I think we'll have to see if the Titans defense is for real. I think we'll have to see what Ryan Tannehill what Hill is last with the deep ball. Right? Uh they ended up winning the division last year. They've made some playoff yeah. runs, but I think I think it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I think your point about what he went for is shocking to me. Like there's some other teams that needed some wide receiver help. There was rumors of him potentially going for a first, a second and a fourth. Here's the thing that I think is interesting with this trade, Rich Arthur Smith, offensive coordinator, formerly with the Tennessee Titans. Now head coach with the Atlanta Falcons trades Julio Jones to the Tennessee Titans for a second and a fourth. Lots of smoke. Here's my thing. I think the Atlanta Falcons are going to be fucking garbage. I'm actually sad. The fact that they're in the division with Tom Brady, because I, I think they're going to be fucking terrible. Arthur Smith might lose his job fucking in his first year Steve Wilkes style Arizona Cardinals because of how bad this fucking team is going to be. And it's because uh, it's going to be because of what he fucking got back for what is their basically best player. Like, let's just be real. I know he's on maybe the downtrend Julio Jones. He's only 32 years old. He's got a couple good years left. You don't trade your best player for a second and a fourth to your former team, just in case you lose your job, hopefully you can go back there. I think this is a fucking joke, man. There's a couple teams that needed a wide receiver much more than this. I think it's crazy that he went for this. And to help the Titans out in that regard where, okay, you got Derrick Henry in the backfield with A.J. Brown on one side and Julio Jones on the other, I get that. But you got a lot of you got a lot of other stuff to do with 17 games and a lot of other great teams in the AFC. I don't think this is the best move personally for Julio Jones. Like, this is a running offense. 
This is a Derrick Henry, King Henry, play-action style, A.J. Brown over the middle. I mean, Julio Jones can run those type of routes, but he also likes to run deep routes. It'll be interesting to see if he can get the ball deep. I know he has 58, 100-plus yard receiving games since entering the league, which is the most in the NFL. It'll be interesting to see how he works out there. Obviously, it seems like you don't choose to go there if you're the player. But in the, today's sports, bro, I kind of do think the players have a say in where do they get traded. And if that's the case, this is an inter- this is an interesting decision for Julio Jones, the team, the Atlanta Falcons, to make for that in return. Um, yeah, I, I got a lot of smoke on this trade. I'll be interesting to see where I rank the it's- Titans going forward. Um you know, just in the AFC, I, I think a lot of people got them a little higher now after this trade. I think I probably have them neutral, which is maybe like fifth, maybe fifth in the AFC. I don't think I have them, obviously, above the Chiefs. I wouldn't put them above the Bills or the Browns. And I think you can argue the Colts in their division, if Carson Wentz can do anything, might have a better overall roster, even with the addition of Julio Jones. It'll be interesting to see. I had the Colts last year. You think Carson Wentz can be better than Phillip Rivers was last year? Kind of holding out hope, potentially, but we'll see. Uh, A lot of interesting question marks with the NFL season. Less than 100 days away. Mandatory mini camps. A lot of most teams, if not all teams, beginning those this week. I saw Aaron Rodgers not reporting to Packers mandatory mini camp, and obviously that's creating a lot of controversy. I don't think he's there. We'll see if where he ends up or if he has to sit out. Uh, Before I let you go, Rich. Just wanted to ask you if you have any thought, if you bought or are interested in any of this Logan Paul, Floyd Mayweather post-fight conversation. You catch any of this? I th- I thought this was happening later in June, actually in July. It was past- actually this Sunday. It ended in a no decision. I don't even know if you know what I'm talking about, but it's creating a lot of buzz in the sports world. Yeah, I, I didn't buy it. Um, I saw some of the highlights and stuff. I don't know. I you see was, Chad uh, Ochocinco did a, did a fight too? What? You see Chad Ochocinco did a fight too? Yeah, I so saw he got like KO'd in the 12th round or something like that. I mean, like, he that didn't get fight. he didn't get Nate Robinson, so I thought it was respectable. Yeah. I thought he had the best quote too, which was basically, uh, uh, it's a message for a lot of people out there that are content, scared to fail, scared to lose. So they don't take chances. Get out there and live, man. I thought that was a great quote. I didn't think this was a great quote by him, which was, I think I'm ready for Conor McGregor. Like, stay in your lane, bro. Like, you have one fucking fight, and now all of a sudden you're ready for Conor McGregor. I'm nah, all for joking. dreams and chances, but, like, I don't know about that. He's joking. Uh, I thought it was funny, Mayweather's comment, which is, when it comes to legalized bank robbing, I'm the best. To me, that's all this is, bro. Like, to me, this is literally a money grab. For Floyd Mayweather, I don't know if he needs money. He's talking about not returning to boxing. This whole Logan Paul thing for me, I'm like, all right, cool, man. He, he It was respectable. Like, he got in there and fought one of the best, if not all-time boxers of all time. Dude's only fought three times in his life. Dude's a fucking YouTube star. Me and you trying to go viral somewhere. Like, it's pretty impressive. That's what everyone's trying to do nowadays. Uh, You got to give credit where credit is due. But I do think some of the shit this dude says, particularly his post-game post or whatever on Instagram or world star. I saw it like, bro, you don't need to come out and defend yourself for anyone talking shit about what they think happened in the fight. I thought it was pretty clear. He got knocked into fucking who knows where and fell and pretty much Floyd helped him up or held him up or otherwise he would have fell on the ground. That's just what I saw. 
I only saw the highlights, but oh, this dude Logan I mean, Paul, like, I, I don't get him coming out and being like, oh, dude, fuck with that. Dude, if you watched any of the highlights of this fight, you got pretty fucking banged up. Like, I know it was a no decision, but, like, I wouldn't be going around being like, oh, shit, dude, I fucking won the fight. Like, you didn't win the fight. It was a no decision. I don't know much about fighting, but I don't think that means you won the fight. There was, I, don't know, I heard today for some people at work, like, I didn't watch it. I just saw, like, the social media shit about it. I heard there was no, like, referee even there. I don't know if you watched it, but no one referee. And so I guess there was never going to be a decision either way. <laughs> so a lot of people were pissed about it, basically just saying it was, like, a joke. Or, or rigged or whatever. Like, basically saying, like, Floyd literally held him from falling down. Like, what the fuck was that? Like, you're supposed to hit the dude and let him fucking fall down, not keep the fight going. Yeah. So, like... People are kind of pissed about it. Like, I don't know. I don't have much of a take on it, whatever. It's like, it was, it was the stars lining for both of them. It was a win-win for both of them. Floyd wasn't going to lose to that dude. There was no way that dude was knocking Floyd out. Yeah, like I heard Skip saying, oh, that's embarrassing for Floyd. Like, what do you oh, mean embarrassing? Because he didn't knock him out? Like, what the so fuck? That's, Floyd is one of the best defensive fighters. Skip is time. ridiculous, bro. That. He might have lost a step or two, but that was always his calling card. He was, like, the best defensive uh, fighter. Obviously, one of the best ones overall, but, like, a great defensive fighter. So, like, he wasn't going to get knocked out by this dude. And it was just an enormous paycheck for him. So, he's like, there's a reason Floyd retired years ago and has just come out for three washed-up fights. Because he's like, all right, you're really trying to pay me that bad? Like, I know I'm washed up, but I'm not going to lose this fight. <laughs> so, like, I, don't, I agree with everything he said. Like, yeah, he's just legally robbing banks he's like damn dude i'm trying to stay retired and you guys are just saying here win this fight against someone who has no chance of beating you for millions of dollars okay yeah <laughs> if someone came to my house right now was like yo go play on the hk uh middle school basketball team and if you if you drop 20 points you'll get a million dollars i'd be like damn i'm a little old for that but all right <laughs> <laughs> damn i'm a little old for that but all right hopefully you can do that bro i honestly hope that at least both of us could drop 10 in a middle school Hon game right now. Like, yeah, honestly, 20s pushing it. You'd have to be ball hogging, bro. You'd, you'd be not getting any dimes. You'd be putting up a lot of shots, bro. I feel pretty – I know for a fact there are middle school teams where every player is a million times better than me. However, I also know for a fact I am 10 times bigger than almost anyone on whoever's on the HK middle school team, so I'd feel confident in myself getting those points in that game. Keyword HK like, middle, middle school team. There's some middle schools that would – everyone is a million times better. Than yeah, we don't want to no send you into Maloney Park school. to play uh, the middle school team. We don't know how that turned out for you. What did you say? Say it again. I said the keyword was HK Middle School. We don't want to send you into yeah. like Maloney Park and see how that works yeah. out for you. Yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll get <laughs> fucked up in other middle schools. I, I I can accept that. That's genuinely hilarious. All right, brother. Well, I'm glad we got to catch up. Sports have been fire. NHL playoffs. I've been watching some of those too. Like when when NBA is kind of like like last night the game was shit. I'm like, bro, I'm trying to watch some of this hockey game. Uh, yeah, I've been watching a lot of the sports. Uh, I saw a wild story with the PGA Tour this week. Fucking John Rahm was winning by six strokes and then got COVID in the third round, had to withdraw. So, clearly that's still a thing. What, wait, what? His test didn't, like, come back till the third round or what? I How guess. do you get COVID in the third round? I don't know, brother. That's that's the thing. This is the thing about COVID, bro. It's, what does uh, that even mean? He got COVID in the third round? <laughs> yeah, like dude. Forgot. His test just, like, got delayed and, like, was supposed to come back before it started. And they're like, ah, oh, he's probably good. And then it came back on the third hole, and they're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> the third hole. 
listening to some people talk about golf that don't know anything about golf is actually hilarious. What would you call it? Got COVID on the third hole? That's actually... I said he got COVID in the third round, not the third hole. Oh, I thought you said on the third hole. In the third round. That yeah, the third round. Yeah. That he played makes way more sense. He played 18 on Thursday, 18 on Friday, 18 on Saturday. He got I, caught okay. right before so the sense. fourth I round. He, meant, like, he got out there the first two holes, and he was on the third hole, and they're like, no, 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 no. And he was like, what? Like, you got COVID. Nah, dude, he was winning the tournament by six strokes. Largest league at Memorial since Tiger, and then had to withdraw. Uh, that that's at tough. That makes sense. The test just came in at the start of that day. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah isn't it wild, yeah, though? COVID, sports, life, everything. Uh, you know, it's only cool, if, I think, if people are listening. But I don't really know if anyone's listening. But if they are, I think we bring up some good points. Good content today, for sure, brother. Uh, I'll catch yeah. up with you hopefully soon. I got Saturday off. What, oh, yeah, you said, what are you doing? You coming back to town or what? Lisa's around? I got the weekend mixed up. That's next weekend, actually. But I'll be off Saturday regardless. Next, next weekend... Not this coming one, but the following one. Lisa's in uh, Miami for a bachelorette party, so I'll be just chilling for a few days. So it'll be Father's Day. I'll probably come back to Killingworth for like a day or two. All right. But that's gonna... next weekend. But this weekend, I don't have any plans. You're welcome to come up here if you're trying to. I'll be in Killingworth the following one. I don't know if Duke's off on weekends. Maybe I could get you and Duke's to come up or something. Yeah, but... Duke was hitting me up. I'll see what's good. I'll either hit you up. Maybe I'll try and come up, or if I'm beat, maybe I'll be potting. I'll see if you're around for a little bit. Yeah. Way, play some games or something. We got to play some games, bro. I'm about to turn my shit on today for sure. I have been. All right, I'll turn it on. I just, yeah. I just want to like. way more down again once the playoffs are over. It's just every night when basketball's on, I'm kind of like, ah, I guess. That's true, but it's only 3.30 right now. That's true. I got I got a meeting coming up after this. But oh, yeah, I forgot. By t- yeah, actually, never mind. Who knows? All right, well, hopefully we catch up soon. All right, man. We'll talk to you later. All right, peace, kid. Peace, bro. Rich, uh, I did have some reads. I guess I can get through a couple solos too. I'll be right back in the Seggy station. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back. Seggy station is brought to you by Callie's Love. A man's best friend is his dog. Shout to rescue my to many, but a life-saving companion to me. To me, nothing about true home happiness in a household, but a loving companion of a pet. Especially at a time like this. Get yourself a local pet friend like mine. It's your local animal shelter, pound and nursery. Save their life and they just might save yours. Now it's time for your sports center update. Here's a summer update for you. You'll have a annular solar eclipse coming up on June 10th. A supermoon on June 24th. A meteor shower on July 28th, and a blue moon on August 22nd. That stuff should be pretty cool, along with sports that I think is pretty cool. Y'all should check that out. Yuka Sasso wins the U.S. Women's Open. She beats Nasa Hakatora on the third playoff hole to tie MB Park as the youngest U.S. Women's Open championship. It took an epic collapse from Lexi Thompson. Yuka, 19, 11 months, and 17 days old, the exact age when Indy Park won her youngest U.S. Women's Open. Roger Federer withdraws from the French Open one day after a grueling four-set win to reach the fourth round. Serena Williams also lost. NBC has a cast set for Joe Exotic, Tiger King, 
coming to NBC here in coming months, and I'm just wondering why. Uh, mentioned the Logan Paul, Floyd Mayweather ending in a no decision. Floyd says he's better than he thought via Showtime Boxing, and I thought that was pretty ballsy to get into that ring with Floyd Mayweather. The big three rosters are out. I think they are having a draft. Maybe they already did so. I saw Nick Young, Greg Oden, Nate Robinson, Joe Johnson, formerly MVP of the big three. I think those games are projected to start up in the coming month. Former New York Giants head coach Jim Fossil has died at the age of 71. His son confirms. Head coach of the New York Giants from 1997 to 2003. Three playoff berths. NFL's Coach of the Year in 1997 passed away on Monday of a heart attack. Rest in peace, Coach. MLB launches vaccination at the plate. 30 MLB clubs will host at least one event in June. Free ticket for unvaccinated persons. You also got a pitcher foreign substance issue in the MLB, which is something I'll wait to talk about with you. Finally, the Orlando Magic moving forward in a full rebuild process. Head coach Steve Clifford in the franchise has agreed to parting ways. Clifford led the Magic to the playoffs in successive seasons prior to this year. After several meetings, it was ultimately decided as a mutual decision. The Magic now joined the Blazers and Celtics as the only three head coaching vacancies in the NBA. Only 30 teams in the NBA. Not too many of these jobs available. Tune back in. Nick Segling here, Segu Station Podcast. Rich come through today, talk some NBA. Julio Jones, a little on the fight. Much love for him doing that. Want to touch on a few other topics here before I get out of here. Did want to touch on Julio Jones a little bit more here solo. Thought this was not only a terrible trade for the Atlanta Falcons, Arthur Smith. I don't know what the hell he's thinking. I guess he's thinking he might end up back in Tennessee at some point because... Julio Jones is more than a second and fourth round pick. If you're one of these teams, as I mentioned, Baltimore, even New England in these rumors, uh, some of these other teams, as Rich even talked about with players, kind of like, hey, man, this is all we needed to give up to get Julio Jones. Like, we couldn't get in these conversations. Uh, is interesting. Um, A.J. Brown, you know, basically saying, y'all done effed up, and he's out here talking on Twitter like he's, bringing in guys like Julio Jones, who you want me to bring in next. Um, this is kind of bringing up my fantasy football insights where it's like, all right, man, is this is this roster almost too lit up to be true? I mean, football is different where you obviously have offense and defense. So just throwing a big three, big four, big five together in football isn't necessarily a thing if you can't stop anybody. Uh, we saw it particularly this past season. Uh Going forward for the Tennessee Titans, their main concerns are not only being able to protect Ryan Tannehill to get the balls to these guys and let Derrick Henry run for 2,000-plus yards, but the defensive side of the ball, which has been pretty vulnerable if you're a Tennessee Titans fan, particularly at the DB cornerback position. If you're acting like getting Julio Jones makes the Tennessee Titans Super Bowl contenders, I don't buy that. I don't think Ryan Tannehill is the type of guy that... Oh, you bring in Julio Jones. I guess Julio Jones wants to get balls from Ryan Tannehill. Because I do think athletes have a say in where they get traded nowadays. Like, 
They got agents talking to this guy, that guy, management, all over the place. Like, let's just be real. People that get traded in today's day and age that get blindsided by trades, and I guess it still happens because we've seen it a little bit here, particularly with this NBA trade deadline right before uh, this past season with the most trades we've seen at the NBA trade deadline in about, I think, 25, 30 seasons. Um, that doesn't happen too often, I don't think. You've got now a lot of players basically requesting a trade, demanding a trade, giving a list of teams that want to be traded to if they were to get traded, and basically saying, hey, man, you want to do me right, or you're not going to have a lot of people wanting to come here. It's this whole ploy by athletes with this platform to be able to do that, where it's like, hey, dude, the average person that wants to get a different job, maybe a better job, can't always just be like, hey, you know what, um, I'm out. You know, I'm going to be out. Because you're banking on the fact that you're particularly either going to go to a better situation or being able to find a job. And let's just be real here. Jobs are always available. But I'm talking about people that are actually trying to move up. Like, let's just be real here. Anybody can go get a different job. Of course they can. Like, for sure. Like, it might not be the best job, but you can get another one. Um, I think it's crazy with how many things are talked about in today's day and age, not only in sports, but just everything going on with the news, COVID, people getting out of isolation, getting back out, going crazy, whatever they want to say and do. Um, you know, to me, it's you only, you only for whatever people hear and, and people that you don't talk to, or if you don't have anybody to talk to, then people really don't know how you're feeling. Uh, I've been learning that basically the hard way, it seems. Um, but just going forward, I feel like here, at least on the podcast, I'm able to get out some of these takes. I come back and listen to some of them. I'm like, hey, man, I was either really right about this or really wrong about this. I'm plenty of both. I think that's the fun in doing this. Just wanted to give a quick NHL update. Islanders took care of the Bruins last night, 5-4, to take a 3-2 series lead. I think that is an incredible series. If you're watching any of the NHL playoffs, I recommend that one. Um, obviously, Boston-New York rivalry, Connecticut smack dab in the middle, kind of a little bit ties to both. Uh, I think the NHL playoffs have been great. You got full capacity, so the atmospheres are up. I mean, the, the fact that we got full capacity now after zero capacity basically a month ago in most of these arenas kind of blows my mind. But, hey, whatever. I, I've been talking like I was talking to my barber about the other day. Uh, everyone's got their own feeling and views on this, man. I've been saying this from six, seven months ago, basically when this shit started happening. And yeah, obviously it was very serious when it started happening. Now I feel like it's only serious to so many people. And even if you was serious for you at some point, you're not going to be able to keep it serious forever unless you're trying to fucking live a pretty, really shitty lifestyle. Let's just be real. Uh, it's interesting, man. And I think the NHL playoffs have been great. I saw the Canadians sweep. The Winnipeg Jets, they were the last team the Canadians were to get into the tournament. Now they're one of the final four left. They had a 3-1 comeback in the first round, and they have seven straight wins without trailing, which ties an NHL record. The 1960 Canadians did so as well. Tampa Bay Lightning and Hurricanes will resume their series tonight. Tampa Bay Lightning are up 3-1, looking to close out this series. And also the Colorado Avalanche, Vegas Golden Knights, Series tied 2-2, pivotal game 5 tonight for those two teams as the NHL playoffs continue. 
and we await the final four. Obviously, the Stanley Cup finals and everything that hockey and the vulgar, violent dudes with no teeth hits. Uh, just everything. I, I mean, like hockey is just tough to keep up with, but just playoff hockey, just watching it, the intensity of it, the fact that everything's on the line, obviously. Um, I don't really have a team that I'd be rooting for or necessarily a fan of any teams, but I've been kind of into some of this stuff. I've been watching the Avalanche, Vegas Golden Knights series and the Islanders Bruins series. Um, I don't really know much about any of these teams. I also saw that the Canadian government or something had to get some approval to allow uh, the Canadians to travel across the border. Hence, we have Canadian teams in hockey. They had to change their conferences this year due to COVID and the whole border restrictions with Canada. And I don't really know how any of that's going right now. Border restrictions, uh, COVID protocols. I just haven't been following any of it, man. Like, at this point, just do what you're going to do and just respect any anything that protocols or things that you see up for the people that have them up. That's just all I can say about it. Um, I think the NHL playoffs have been legit, though. You should check those out. Obviously touched on a lot of the NBA, Julio Jones, Trey, which was the big one, but I did want to touch on Aaron Rodgers quickly. Uh, I got this recording I need to play on Aaron Rodgers because I've been on the record saying I don't think Aaron Rodgers plays another game with the Green Bay Packers. There's a lot of circulation and rumors and all the stuff surrounding Aaron Rodgers going forward. If he's going to be there, if he's not going to be there, obviously the season inches closer and closer and Aaron Rodgers is not at Packers mandatory mini camps, which started today. This recording right here is something I heard that had me tingling a little bit. See him in Green Bay. Every single person that I've talked to that's been associated with Rogers in the last three or four days says he's never playing here again. What's the percentage chance that Aaron Rodgers plays a single down as a Packer in 21? I would say less than 5%. Less than 5%. Less than 5%. Now, according to me, or what I know about 5%, that's not great. The reason it's got me tingling is because I do think it's kind of cool, regardless of anybody listens to me or not. I listen to myself sometimes when I go back and listen to my pod. Having certain takes being either extremely right, extremely wrong, kind of in the middle, is what kind of makes it fun. I, I think, I'm sure that's what these dudes, why they do it for a living. I know they're flip-flopping like a fucking fish uh, with takes and realistically teams, bias, all that. We all do it. Uh, let's just be real. Um... But I think staying consistent is important. Aaron Rodgers has been pretty consistent with the fact he has a problem with Green Bay management, has a problem with how he was treated by management, and because of that, he doesn't want to play in Green Bay any longer. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean he's getting traded, but to me that sounded from the very beginning like this man did not want to be a part of this organization anymore. 16 years, all their wedding and share, tread on his body i get it everything he's done obviously taking over for brett Favre, waiting three years to take over for brett Favre, the whole jordan love situation drafting jordan love kind of striking his concerns a little bit he had an mvp season after the fact they drafted jordan love man like aaron Rodgers is not concerned about losing his job to jordan love this is something that is going on internally this is something that 
realistically, only the individual knows about. I think he's put it out there very pretty blatantly, obviously, to the public that, hey, man, this is how I feel about it. This is how it's going to be. It'll be interesting to see what the Green Bay Packers do as the time just ticks, tick, ticks, to ticks on by. But Aaron Rodgers has definitely handled this poorly. I think Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion, is a little bit overrated. And the way he's handled this situation, I wouldn't throw this man a bone, man. If he if he doesn't want to play and he's being all kind of sensitive about Jordan Love, and I think the most interesting question is if Aaron Rodgers isn't there, how many games are the Packers going to win with Jordan Love at quarterback? I mean, is this dude going to be the next coming? Is he going to be legit? Or are they going to be in a whirlwind of trouble? Because I think that right there provides any of the leverage to either side heading forward in this conversation. I'd be remiss if I didn't touch on this. Um, I've been watching the, you know, I'm going to wait for Chu with this whole MLB foreign substance with pitcher scandal. I wish Chu could have made it today. He had, a, had an appointment. I haven't been able to link up with him over the past few weeks, but hopefully we'll link up soon, get back into some of these MLB talks. Uh, not great, really, uh, what I've been hearing on it. Um, so I've been I've been watching this Women's College World Series, man. This, is, this has been phenomenal. Uh, Odyssey Alexander, which, by the way, she spells that incredibly uh, unique, which I think is awesome. Uh, she won six games in this tournament, pitching 64.2 of the team's 73 innings, 1,057 pitches thrown. That is ridiculous. James Madison, unseated, fell up short. Uh, they were 2-0. They didn't make it to the championship game. Obviously, I mentioned Montana Fouts, who is the fourth player ever to ever throw a perfect game in a woman's, in the Women's College World Series. I'm sorry, it was the first in 21 years, and she did it on her 21st birthday. That was pretty impressive. She pitched for Alabama, and they fell short as well in the semifinals. You now have Florida State, who is coming out of the loser's bracket, which is pretty impressive, taking on Oklahoma, 7.30 p.m. tonight, ESPN. Championship game is set. Best of three series. College softball, and I think this is also what's pretty interesting between softball and baseball, where... The pitchers are allowed to go every every game because they're throwing underhand. Uh, the ball is about three times the size of a baseball. I'd be curious to know the exact dimensions in terms of how much bigger a softball is than a baseball. Just seeing them, the women, that is, play on what looks like a... Uh, it's, short, it's even shorter than a Little League field. Just because of the setup of the ball and everything. That's scary, man. They got... They got to wear masks and stuff, like comebackers. Uh, them making those plays in that amount of time because that's short distance. Some of these girls got some speed, too. Um, it's pretty incredible. You know, rallies can happen at any time because of that style. Obviously, it's like watching Little League, but clearly it's not Little League. These are grown women, so it's impressive. They're putting on an absolute display and just seeing all this College World Series back, college baseball back. I mentioned the lacrosse, college lax tournament that I had in the last pods read. Um, seeing all these college sports back and really just all sports back, fans there, everything kind of going on with it. It's just it's a great feeling regardless of how you feel everything going on. Just 
it was for me so tough for just thinking of these kids that just missed out on either their senior years, their sports season, just a year of school uh, where they could have been socializing, making new friends, spending time with their current friends. Uh, for me, that was kind of tough to see, and I'm just glad to see things kind of trending back uh, the other way on that. I did want to touch on this golf story. Actually, a couple, couple golf stories, and I'll send it out on talking a little on golf uh, before I get out of here today. Patrick Cantlay, he won this week's tournament at Memorial Jack's Place. It was second time that he's done that. Uh, seventh golfer to win two times at Memorial. But he only won, let's just be real, because John Rahm had to withdraw because of a COVID test, as I talked about with Rich. After the third round, he had a six-stroke lead, largest 54-hold lead since Tiger, as I mentioned, um, was the largest tournament uh, in tournament history, tying Tiger Woods. Um, but as I mentioned, was fourth to withdraw after a COVID-19 test. Uh, he needed to shoot a plus four on Sunday to win the event. Um, let's just be real. He could have done that. He could have had probably the worst day of his life and still done that. I think it's incredible the fact that these guys can have an off day and it's basically plus two, plus three. Some of them have, you know, higher rounds, plus eight, plus nine. I mean, you see some tour players shoot some higher scores depending on course conditions, course they're playing, whatever it is. Um, but I think a lot of people aren't able to take any of this stuff for granted. I think golf is this interesting sport where, like, if you're good at golf, people aren't able to, like, understand that. Like, I think this this whole battle I'm having with, with where I'm at because I'm a golf professional. I mean, I live and breathe golf. I, I'm trying to grow the game on a consistent basis. Uh, the fact that we got junior golf back up and going, uh... That'll be starting up soon. Really, the golf course has been ripping. All golf has been ripping. And really, since COVID, golf industry has been taking a big boom. Uh, let's just be real. It's something you can do outside, socially distant. As much as you're not messing with that anymore, it's something you can still do that's genuinely safer than other things. Um, being good at golf, though, is, is really challenging. Um, even if you're good, it doesn't mean you're going to be good that day. Even if you're good at golf, doesn't mean you're going to be good that week. Golf is this sport where you could be good one day, bad for three weeks, good for two weeks, bad for two days, good for a day. Who knows? I think it's the most interesting sport because of that. I think golf is a sport that no one really talks about because it challenges your mind. I think golf is a sport that not a lot of people talk about because they quite frankly don't understand because it's such a challenging game. Um, the fact that I'm able to help people, um, I know this was a tough story here for John Rahm. I know Patrick Canley, great victory, fourth player on the PGA Tour to be a two-time winner this season, joining Jason Kokrak, Stuart Seek, and Bryson DeChambeau. Beef still continuing with Brooks Kepka, which is great. You saw the beard post on social media. Golf trying to grow, it's great. But I think people need to learn to appreciate the mental side of golf the fact that it really takes a lot of confidence and and mindset and if that's what you do and you're struggling confidently mindset wise it's it's kind of a tough feeling uh i guess in the easiest way that's where i'm kind of struggling right now 
Uh, I did shoot 76 today. Made a couple birdies at TPC, though. That was pretty fire. Um, still got it every once in a while, which is pretty dope. Uh, the last thing I wanted to touch on, I've been touching on the golf here, cranking up. Um, I saw Phil Mickelson with his Twitter, Instagram, in case you forgot, post riding around with his... Uh, fucking Wanamaker trophy in his cart seat. Sorry, I had something weird happening on the screen here. Trying to get this going. Oops, sorry about that. You know, Phil, this is what this is kind of what I hate about Phil. Like, yeah, dude, we didn't forget that you're now whatever the oldest ever to win a major. Like, yeah, it was cool in the moment, dude, and now you're just dragging it on. I think that's why a lot of people hate Phil's because, like, some of the shit Phil does is kind of like, dude, what are you doing? Like, all right, dude, we know you won the Wanamaker, no one forgot. Like, you don't need to drive around and be a kind of let's just be real, a fucking douche. Uh, Tiger Woods would never do that, man. What the fuck. You don't see any of these young tour guys that are, let's just be real with this too, really impressive on what is an extremely competitive tour, a lot of big names all over it, and the most wild thing about golf too is anybody, no name, PGA, qualifier, whatever you got, Travelers coming up, I'm not doing it this year, I know a couple people I got into the open from TPC I was talking to. Um, I'd definitely be the dream. I played with an NBA referee today who actually was a PGA pro that I did not know. That's actually pretty dope. I did not know that. Um, good friend of mine, actually. Uh, I was dope catching up with him on some of the NBA talk. Uh, and I was telling him, it's just, you know, sometimes I'll be watching a game and I know him. I'm like, damn, dude, that's, that's bowling. That's just so dope. Like, dude's an NBA referee, bro. I'm watching an NBA game. I know the guy personally who's refereeing the game. I was telling him that today because there's not, there's not that many jobs, bro. That's it. He's telling me, yeah, man. It's He's been doing this for, now he's saying, 19 years this year. Got what he's hoping is three or four left. Um, that's incredible. That's absolutely incredible. Talks about when the grind's up and all that. You still got to think about stuff like that. The fact that it's a dream job. The fact that some people are either watching or thinking it's really cool that you're doing that. Um, doing that at that level. Uh, this dude is the most humble guy in the world, right? Man, like I'm trying to talk to him about some of this stuff. And I don't know if he's zoned in on his golf or what. I mean, he's mad cool too. So it's like, it's not like I don't, I don't think I was bothering him. Uh, it's perception is reality, man. It's perception is not always reality is what I was trying to say, which is kind of all over the place. But when you really think about it, it's unless you actually know something, you're really just thinking something. And that's usually a problem. Overthinking, not knowing, not knowing if anyone's listening. Uh, the one thing about doing this pod with my friends though i know they come through and genuinely want to talk some sports with me that means a lot i know that people that do follow along and check out and show any support to my podcast support it because they enjoy it because they enjoy supporting me and that means a lot to me as well um even with all that's gone on that i feel kind of shitty about and it's 
pretty terrible at the end of the day. Um, one thing that does kind of keep me going is the fact that I've gotten to this point where I enjoy doing this podcast regardless of anyone really follows it, cares about it. Um, I like doing it for me. I think more people are trying to find that niche. And I think the more you respect people finding that niche for themselves, the better you can be as a person. That's all I had for the A-Waves today. Appreciate all listening as always. And as always, still have no shame what I had to say. It's the man with the nickname. Till next time, everybody, peace and love. Stay safe out there. Not sure when I'll be back, so enjoy them sports. And we'll see you next time here on the Seg Station.